0: Amen, amen. Can we just pray for a second as we dive into this message? Lord, we just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you are stirring up dreams and passions and visions for our lives. Lord, we just know that we were not created by accident. God, you have given us a purpose on this earth. And I thank you for that. And I ask that even in this last message in this series, you begin to uncover our purpose, uncover the dreams that you put in our hearts, God, that we might live for you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Well, listen, I am so excited because I have realized that in my own personal journey of finding my purpose, finding what God's call, anybody went to youth group or back in the day, you were just always like somebody, has, you, you heard about having a call on your life, but you didn't really know what that was for you. That was always kind of an intimidating thing for me because I wanted to know what God's call was for me. and And it just took some time in my journey to sort of pray through that and figure that out and talk to my leaders and talk to my parents and Have people kind of speak into that. And what I realized is that my dreams and the purpose that I've discovered that God has for my life were never meant for just me. They were never meant for just me. And that's how I want to conclude this service, this this series, is to say the reason God has given you a dream in your heart, the reason he's given you an existence and a purpose on this earth is to make a difference. It wasn't just for us. Yes, it benefits us. Yes, it's important to know what God has for us. But I believe, what I've learned in my journey, is that it's more than just about me. And there is a uh, famous psychologist named Maslow, who uh, created this thing called Maslow's hierarchy. Can we put that on the screen, Maslow's hierarchy? Do you have that by chance, Phil? Okay. So we don't have that. So Maslow, I'll just tell you, it's okay. You don't have to see it. Maslow has a hierarchy of needs with all kind of the basic needs that people need in their lives. So like things like food, shelter, we need love, we need relationship, we need all these different things. And he just kind of, he was famous for this and he helped us humanity sort of understand, our society sort of understand what are the basic needs that all humans need, right? Well, then Maslow passed away, but he had been working on something. He'd been working on something that had yet to be published. And that was an actual top tier, the very top tier to his pyramid. And that was actually, he decided and he he realized that people don't just have basic needs that are just for us, but people, what he called, also need transcendence. They need to make an impact for something greater than just themselves. And this wasn't something that came out before he died, but it was something that he was working on. And, and there's a woman named Nicole Bradford. This is a quote that I just found. she studied what, was, what Maslow was working on with this highest hierarchy. And she says this, the most serious problems facing humanity aren't technical. Although engineering our way out of trouble is possible, it can't happen until we transcend ourselves, seeing beyond our own individual well-being to the needs of us all. Isn't that incredible? And you know what? Maslow, I believe, was actually uncovering a truth that has been in the scriptures that Jesus has been talking about for years and years, amen? And uh, I believe that, that Jesus was, has been talking about this and, and coming to us and just saying, I have more of a purpose for you. I have a plan for you, I have a dream for your heart, but it's not just gonna be for you. I want to look in Mark chapter 8 this morning. Mark chapter 8, 34. I love this scripture. It says this. Then Jesus, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for the sake of the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus was talking about the dreams and the vision and the purpose for our lives that we've been talking about this whole last month. And he's saying, listen, if you want a life, you gotta give up. You gotta lose your life for the sake of the gospel you've gotta lose your life. And I wanna tell you this story, but before I do, I just wanna give Phil a heads up. I gave Phil kind of a challenge, Phil's our tech guy. Can we give it up for Phil in the back right here? I um, gave him this job this morning of up, having to upload a 90s video, which you're about to see, on purpose. And so like our technology today can't really handle 90s videos. I think it's just a hard thing. So anyway, as I'm telling you this story, he's gonna be messing around a little bit with this screen so that we can watch this video, okay? So 10 years ago, I was uh, working a job in Colorado Springs and it was called, my, my job title was called Optical Imaging Technician. I will literally buy you coffee if you can tell me what an optical imaging technician does. Does anybody know? Does anyone want to take a guess? Optical imaging technician. Anybody know what that is? Okay. What? Make glasses? No. Anybody else want to take a stab at it? Huh? What'd you say, Solomon? Yeah, okay. No, it's not. It's not, it's not ultrasound. Although we're in the baby, honey? No, you can't guess, you know. Okay, so this is what, I don't know why I just called on you. This is what an optical imaging technician does, okay? So an optical imaging technician, this is what I did. I sat at a desk and what I had to do for my job from eight to five is take backlogged files, actual boxes. There were, there were rooms filled with boxes of files, okay? Documents. And all of these documents needed to be scanned in a scanner so that they get into a computer so they can be backed up so the documents could be shredded. This was my boring life. Okay? So that's all I did for from eight to five every day is I was an optical imaging technician. And I was so embarrassed. This is back in the day when I was meeting Pastor Pradeep and we were not even dating yet. And I was like so embarrassed. Like people were like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an optical imaging technician. You know, like I wouldn't tell them what that means because I was embarrassed of my job. Anyway, so I had to just file these papers, put them in there, and I was so bored. If you know I'm Reethajeeva, you know that I need people, I need food, I need, you know, I need to be able to get out of my desk, I need to, you know, I need to be able to do something. And so I um, want you to know that I was a person of integrity, and I did get my job done, but when my job was done, I just screwed around a lot. I was the girl who got up and started talking to people. How are you, what's up, what are you doing in your life? Wanna hang out tonight? You know, I was that girl. And uh, so anyway, as, as this was all happening, I wanna tell you how bored I was. I actually got in trouble because at Christmas time, uh, back in the day, I actually just, I was making these videos, they were real popular back then, okay? They were called jib-jab videos. Everybody say jib-jab. Jib dab videos, okay? So you what you do is you stack somebody's Facebook, you pick out, you cut out their face, and you stick it on a Christmas elf, and then you make videos like the one right here. So I'm just gonna play this for you so you can see how I spent my time as an optical imaging technician. Can we play this video? Moses is like, I like he just loving Christmas. Actually, I didn't ask Moses for permission. Actually, I didn't ask anybody for permission to do that. So I told Moses, I said, I played a little prank on you this morning. Please don't hate me. But this is what I did, you guys. At Christmas time, I made these videos. I sent all these e-cards. You guys get e-cards? I sent these e-cards to my friends because I was so bored at my job. But I um, I want you to know this, that, that what was happening for me, there was a season for me. I'm not knocking desk jobs, okay? Or like, if you like love scanning things, please all, you know, if that's a part of your purpose, do it. But for me in that season, I was just that was just not who I wasn't. I could tell that my heart was longing for something more. I felt, you know how sometimes you feel like I should be doing something else when you're doing something currently? You know, and I was just like, oh, what is this? I just feel like I need to do something more. I feel like I gotta get out of this job. I feel like I gotta step out, even though this is what's bringing in the money for me right now. I just, I was made for more than this, more than jib-jab e-cards, people. Even though I love them. Also, I think I paid $2, like $2 a month now we're subscribed to that. So anyway, we got to get out of that. But I believe this, and here's what I want us to, this is what I want us to focus on this morning, and that is this, that God did not create us to have a calling and a purpose and be people who have a spiritual life with him to only be spiritual consumers, but to also be spiritual contributors. Amen? Amen. God is calling us to do something with what he's put inside of us. You know, we are a society that is facing really dark issues, some systematic issues that we're struggling with, and we're, we're dealing with racism still, and we're dealing with systems underlying. We're, we're just dealing with issues where we're divided. We hate each other. Because we're divided and we, we can't see our commonality and we're just, we're on, we're on separate sides and we've got violence and we've got issues that are really stirring our nation and stirring us and we've got fires that even this last summer were destroying homes and real issues, people who are dying and struggling and in the dark. And I believe that God is saying, listen, the call that I put on your life is supposed to be a solution. To what's going on over here our faith was never just for us our relationship with God our call our purpose our mission was never just for us amen God is calling us to be the church listen we're the light Jesus is the light of the world he's put a light in us we can't be shrinking back right now we can't be shrinking back with the purpose and the call on our life because God, there are, there are some extreme things happening, and I want you to see it like a puzzle piece. I want you to see your calling and your purpose and, and, and why you were created. I want, to see, I want you to see some of that as a puzzle piece that fits with some of this, these issues that we're facing to being a solution to the problem and not just sitting at home and kind of watching TV and picking a side and struggling and, and feeling it, but, but to say, man, I, I'm supposed to do something about that. I, I'm supposed to... To take what God has put in me and the calling that I feel like he's got. And and I live for something bigger than myself. Amen? Amen. Jesus in the scripture, he says, listen, in order to save your life, you must lose it for the sake of the gospel. And let me just bring this home with this story. A few years ago, Pastor Pradeep and I, we went to the Dead Sea in the Middle East. We went to the Dead Sea. And if you know anything about the Dead Sea, what happens is the Dead Sea uh, is filled with seawater and salt water. And it's so salty in there that when you get in, you can actually go swimming inside of the Dead Sea, in the Dead Sea. When you get in there, you just kind of can like sit and float because the salt is so thick. And they told us, they said, listen, before you go to the Dead Sea, do, whatever you do, do not shave your legs. Do not shave. Because if you get into the Dead Sea and you just shaved, all that salt is going to burn your skin. It's going to get inside your pores and it's going to burn you and it's going to feel terrible. So I did it. Me and my girlfriend, we went. We had hairy legs. We just went into the Dead Sea. And uh, Pastor Prettyman was there with some of his buddies as well. And we were there. And... Um, These guys decided, I'm sure you can imagine whose idea this was. Um, But Pastor Prettyfoot and his buddies got in there and they said this, they said, you know what? They told us we shouldn't shave before we get in the Dead Sea, but they didn't tell us we couldn't shave in the Dead Sea. Yeah. So they took their razors, they took their, uh, what do you call it, man shaving gel, I don't know. And they were in the Dead Sea and they shaved in that salt water. And they were just like, ow, ow, oh! This hurts so bad, ow, oh! You guys, this was back in the time when I was still trying to decide if I should marry this guy. I was like, he's crazy but he's also kind of a stud, crazy stud. Do I, you know, do I think this is hot or do I, this is crazy, it's crazy. So, but Jesus, this, this is how we can be as spiritual contrib- uh, consumers sometime, right? We're like the Dead Sea, the, the, the water's just flowing in but nothing's flowing out. We were not created to be people who just receive and consume and breathe in. No, God calls us to lose our lives on behalf of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, "No." He says, "You got to give out. I made you. I give you a dream. I give you a purpose. I give you a calling so that it would impact somebody other than just yourself." Amen. And so, this morning, I want us to make sure. I want us to make sure that we're not just being spiritual consumers, but spiritual contributors. And I believe, as we look at Mark chapter 8, that there are three questions that we can ask ourselves to make sure that we're in check about this. And the first one is this, number one. A great question to ask yourself is this. Am I taking up my cross? Am I denying myself? We don't really love to deny ourselves. That's not an easy habit to have. Mark 8.34 says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake, for the gospel, will save it. John Piper has this quote that I love. The cross is not a mere event in history. It's a way of life. Take up your cross daily, Jesus said. Have you ever... Have you ever loved something, but until you had to do it, you don't love it as much anymore? You know, like for me, grocery shopping and cooking, I actually, like sometimes that's really therapeutic for me. I don't really hate that. But when I have to do it every single day, 3 days a week and i got to think about a, a meal i got to figure out when i want to go grocery shopping figure out what i'm going to cook for my family it is not something that i love anymore it's a, i daily have to deny myself i have to deny uber eats on my app on my phone and i have got to cook some food for my family right <laughs> Sometimes we just daily have to take up our cross. And um, uh, one time I asked Pastor Prima, and I said, Honey, would you, just, would you just take care of dinner tonight? I just can't think. You know, I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm just, it, I, it's just a lot. You know, we just take the, you know what we had for dinner that night? Toast. <laughs> Toast. I don't hate toast, but we had toast, we had toast. And we had cereal, which we love. It's so how many of you love breakfast for dinner? That's a great meal. So anyway, uh, I, I realized that what, what used to be therapeutic, something that I loved, had become something of a, a bit of a chore, a bit of a burden in my life. But it's something that I, I disciplined myself to do. I, I have to kind of deny myself and daily, daily take care of my family. Just an example of what what jesus is talking about here and at Kalos church we have we have four values four values of who we are and who we strive to be and what god is doing i'm just going to run through them really quick because i feel like the first three really lead up to the fourth one which is really all about giving ourselves losing ourselves for the sake of the gospel And the first one is knowing god here at calo's church on a sunday morning we want people to connect with god We know that we are people and that that pastors can't save a soul, but, but we want people to connect with God because God will forgive you. He will save you. He loves you. We want to connect with God. Number two is finding freedom. Listen, we believe that we don't just go to church just all mangled inside and messed up and struggling. The church is for that. But we want you to find freedom and healing and love in your life. And so we, do, we tell people, go to a small group. Get involved. Ashley Thompson, who's coming up here in just a few minutes to share a testimony. I met her at a small group. And she is she's one of the most encouraging people in my life. I love her. Finding freedom. Number three is this, discovering our purpose. And this is what we've been talking about, Dream again. Dreaming again, discovering why. We weren't just born for no reason. Why are we here? There's a reason for that. And the last one is to make a difference. Connect your dream to the problems of the world. One of the first things we tell people in Crash Course today, we have a Crash Course right after service, I was talking about that, is we just say, hey, we love you, we welcome you, but we want you to know that we're on a mission. We want people to know Jesus. We're not just here for us. We're not just here to, to pastor a church that's just all about us. No, we, we always want to grow. We, we, we want to stretch ourselves. We want to, we want to go to the dark places. We want to use our callings and our gifts and our talents and what God has given us because we want to reach people who need the love of Jesus. We want to make a difference. And I love this quote, I read this, our dreams should invest in the dreams of others. Many of you, I wanna give a big shout out to our dream team because we have about 100 people serving at this church. Can we give it up for Jesus right now? 100 people, about 100 people are serving and they are giving God their Sunday morning. Some of you are denying your Sunday mornings to be here, as I mentioned before. At our Kalos Dream Team, man, some of you guys, you're the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. Not just because of what you do for the church, but because you want to make a difference. You care about people. You know that people are in darkness, and you want them to experience the love and the light of Jesus Christ. Thank you for denying yourselves, for losing yourselves on behalf of the gospel, Dream Team. You're incredible. This last quote, I love this. I want to do something that makes a difference with people who make a difference at the time that it makes a difference. Amen? Amen. Number two, I see in this scripture, here's a good question to ask yourself when when you're trying to make sure, I'm not just being a consumer, but I am a contributor. Am I forfeiting my soul? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? You know, I think oftentimes when we think about people who forfeit their soul, like for me, I was just thinking of maybe people who are climbing to the top of the ladder or making a lot of money or like on their way to the top, just kind of running all over people and don't really care about anybody but, re- but really their own success. And I think that that does happen, but I just spent some time this week praying for our church, praying for you, and, and I just said, God, what, what is it that we are forfeiting our souls for? What, what makes us forfeit our souls? And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and He said, "Most of us are forfeiting our souls because we're because we're afraid, because we're fearful." We, we, we deal with, with great fear in our lives. And let me just show you what I mean by this. I believe that there's three different ways that we forfeit our souls because fear has entrapped our hearts and fear has entrapped our dreams and the purpose that God has given us. And there's three ways I believe that happens. Number one, the first way is with fear of the past. Well, Amrita, I can't jump into a team. I can't even hardly deal with my own mistakes and my sin. I can't serve a church. I can't be at a church you don't know how many marriages I am along the way. You don't know the sin and the, and the struggle that I have. And I just want to tell you this morning, don't forfeit your soul because of fear. God loves you. And I love this quote by Chris Hodges. He says, let go of your past so your past will let go of you. Don't let fear get in the way of what God wants you to do. Remember that puzzle piece. God has a calling for you. And there, there are people that need your impact, what you have to give. They need you. Don't fight it because you're scared. The second thing I think we struggle with in fear is the fear of the crowd. Man, we care way too much what everybody else thinks, don't we? I was thinking about this, and uh, Pastor Pretty Ben and I, we moved to Michigan almost a year and a half ago now. And... Three weeks before we moved to Michigan, maybe two, we were on our way to a friend's house and we hit a deer. We don't have that problem in the city. Deer, like real animal things that jump out and break your car. And so we hit this deer and it it totally did, uh, thankfully it only did cosmetic damage on our car. And so on the left side of our front bumper of our car, it's like broken. It looks so trashy, people. I'm telling you. And um, so it's broken. Well, we're driving to uh, Washington from Michigan and Andrew and Rachel are in their car behind us and we pull over to get gas and they're like, you guys, the the broken part of your car is like flapping in the wind. Like it looks like it's gonna fall off. Like maybe you should have taken care of this before. They didn't say that. But you know, we just didn't. And so um, it was flapping and so all I had in the car was scotch tape. So I scotch tape our bumper together to try to keep it together. And I'm thinking to myself, we're about to roll up into Bellevue, Washington with a scotch taped car. <laughs> Nobody is gonna follow Jesus because we're nobody's gonna care what we think because we're the hillbillies who just rolled up with a scotch taped car. <laughs> we care what people think. I was caring a lot what people think and I just kind of had to get over it because that's just where we were at the time. And you know what? God was faithful. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And the third thing, I think that we're afraid to take the first step. Fear of the unknown. And remember, we're talking about forfeiting our souls. I don't want us to forfeit our souls because we're just too afraid to take the first step. Because we don't know what's on the other side of that first step. I, I did not know what all was gonna happen when we drove our broken car up into this city for the first time. There was so much unknown, but I tell you what, I, I, I think some of us, we're, we're kinda trying, we're like, we don't wanna forfeit our souls, we wanna use our calling and our gifts and what, our purpose, but we're sticking our big toe in the cold water, you know, like Washington, all the water's cold here. And <laughs> you're sticking your big toe in, but really we know that if we just jump in, If we take that first step, if we just dive in, we get over that initial pain and we're used to the water. God is on the other side. I want you to finish this sentence in your own mind. I want you to finish this sentence. I'm not following my heart, God's purpose for my life, because I'm afraid of, what is that for you? We don't mean to forfeit our souls, but I'm not doing what God has called me to do because I'm afraid of something. I'm afraid of what people will think. I'm afraid that so-and-so will be mad. I'm afraid that I will fail. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And over here, we've got a world that needs what you've got. So don't forfeit your soul. Amen? Amen? Amen. Number three, a great question to ask yourself. Am I living for the gospel? Am I living for the gospel? Mark 8 says this, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Am I living for something bigger than myself? The gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that when we're living for something bigger than ourselves, we're living for Jesus, when we're living for the gospel, our God dreams should disrupt the systems of injustice and sin in the world. They should be disruptive. You know that we serve a Jesus. If you don't know this Jesus, I want you to know him. I'm so excited about who he is. We serve a Jesus that in moments in society, in the, in, the, in the scriptures, when women were not anything and had no value, Jesus brought dignity and value to them, and he started a conversation with a woman at a well. This is the Jesus we serve. And did you know that there is a Jesus who, when his own followers said, children, go away, leave Jesus alone. He's got more important things to do. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I want to disrupt this. Children can come to me. Did you know that when a tax collector in tears needed the love of Jesus and the the disciples said, no, he's not good enough. Jesus said, come follow me. He belongs in our crowd. This is who Jesus is. He disrupts the systems of injustice and sin in our world. I love Jesus. This is who we promote at Kalos Church. This is what we're about. Are you living for the gospel? Are you losing yourself on behalf of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Man, Lord, we don't want to be just spiritual consumers. We want to be spiritual contributors. Man, our heart is breaking. Our heart is breaking for the things that break God's heart. So we're not going to let fear stop us. We're not going to forfeit our souls any longer. Amen? Amen? Jesus disrupts the systems of injustice and sin in the world. You know, I, I found myself a few years after that optical imaging, my optical imaging days, OK, my jib-jab days. That's what I should call them. I found myself in a third world country called Cambodia southeast asia i found myself there with uh, some friends and uh, a work that was happening there and and i saw for the first time in my life just 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 heavy some of you have heard me talk about this poverty and and families that didn't have clean water to drink and not enough food to eat and and I stood there and I was like, holy cow, this problem is way bigger than me. This is, this is a, a system of injustice that's way bigger. Like, I, I can't do anything, but I had to do something. And I stood in that minefield. It was on a minefield. A minefield. I stood in that minefield where poor people live. And I said, I think that my calling is connected to this cause. I think that, that something of my purpose is connected to this problem of injustice in the world. Some of you need to to make that connection. And so, so I'm there, and, and, I, and I, just, I just realized we decided, like, hey, let's just start a company, let's, let's hire women, let's give them an opportunity for employment so they can be at home with their families and they're not so vulnerable to the dangers of sex trafficking, and let's, let's try something, let's just try. Because so, so on my heart, I just pulled, I'm, I'm connected to this issue in the world. And so we did, we started this job creation program and we taught the women, the whole goal was to do two things, let's get them enough, let's give them employment so they have enough food to eat so that they they know the gospel. And and the dream, we started with four women and the dream is to hire thousands of women. And today, praise be to God, we're a 50, baby, 50. We're a 50 because because God said, hey, I, I know it's bigger than you, I know it's bigger than your friends, but your calling is connected to this cause. I love it, I love this quote. It says, a dream you dream alone is only a dream, but a dream you dream with friends can become a reality. I'm standing here at Kaylo's church, and every one of you is a part of this reality. I'm so thankful for you. I want you to take a moment. To just say, I want to be a spiritual contributor, God, not just a consumer. I don't want to just live for myself. I don't want my calling to just be all about me. God, I'm going to, I'm going to make that connection. For some of you, you need to overcome some fears in your life. For some of you, you need, to figure, you need to relook at how you're spending your money and your time. I encourage you this morning. God is with you. You are called to make a difference. We would work in our way dreaming and having a vision for our life to come to this place where we say, oh man, we're going to bring some light into this world. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna mess up. We're going to bring friction to the injustices of the world because we're going to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to end with this story of a man named John Newton. John Newton was a man who was involved in the slave trade in the 1700s and uh he was on a boat that was this is a big story i'm just going to summarize it he was on a boat and the boat was sinking and john newton called out to god god save us and god saved him god saved them and he lived And, and from that point on john newton began to study the scriptures he began to study the gospel of jesus christ and that man became an abolitionist against slavery He disrupted the systems of injustice and sin in the world. Not all of us are called to be abolitionists, but we kinda are. Kinda are. Amen? Amen. You got something inside of you God wants to use for his glory. Let us lose ourselves on behalf of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for a church that is committed to being contributors and not just consumers who are, are willing to lose their life for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, we need you, Jesus. We're heavy with the things that are happening in our world. We're heavy, Lord. But Jesus, we know that we have hope in you. We know, Jesus, that That what you've put inside of our hearts, the calling that you have in our life, the purpose, the reason you created us was to impact those places that are heavy, those places of injustice and sin. So, Lord, we commit this morning. Lord, we we won't forfeit our souls for the fear of man, the fear of taking the first step. Lord, we just won't do that, God. We ask that you would come. Lord, we, we will be a church that lives for something greater than ourselves. Thank you, Lord. And with your eyes closed and your head still bowed, I I want to give an opportunity for those of you who would say, oh, Maritha, I didn't know this Jesus. Oh, this gospel is so beautiful. I want to give you a chance. And maybe you sit in church today. You say, I've disqualified myself. I've made so many mistakes. I- I'm empty. I'm struggling. I'm burdened. And, and I want you to know that today you can make a decision to follow Jesus. He's here for you. He sees you. You're not getting out of here without him seeing you. So with your eyes closed, I'm just going to count to three. And, and if you're somebody who says, I want to make a choice to follow Jesus this morning, I want you to just slip up your hand so that I can see it. And we're gonna pray a prayer together. So this morning, on the count of three, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, make a decision to follow him for the first time, or maybe you're rededicating your life to him, on the count of three, you can raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand so I can see it. And give your life to Jesus in this moment. I'm just gonna give it a moment. Jesus sees you. We're not going to embarrass you. Amen. He loves you very much. He loves you very much. So why don't we all go ahead and look at the screen. And we're just going to pray this prayer together. And if this is a prayer you're praying for the first time in your life, I want you to know this is is a remarkable day in your life. So let's go ahead. We're going to pray this all together at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I wanna trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Listen, if you uh, gave your life to Jesus for the first time today, would you fill out this connect card? Just tell us, tell us that you gave your life to God. Don't be afraid. we'd love to spend more time with you and pray with you this morning. Amen. I love you, church. I love you so much. I love Jesus. And I'm going to hand the service back over to Pastor Pretty.